0: Welcome to the Nerds Podcast number 861. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Uh, So if you need any kind of digital anything to promote yourself or your products or your services, just share your ideas. Maybe you just have some ideas you want to put in the world and social media is too toxic or too, uh, I don't know, bite-sized. You just want it to be all about you. Squarespace gives you everything you need to make your next move into a thing including a free domain. Not to mention Squarespace's beautifully designed templates and customizable features, which create a beautiful website. It's a very simple and intuitive process. Just add and arrange your content with a click of a mouse. Start your free trial today at squarespace.com. Enter the offer code NERDIS to get 10% off your first purchase. Uh, let's go to the NERDIS community corkboard. Uh, our pal Ron Babcock, its comedian, has a new album out this Thursday, March 30th, called This Guy. You can get it on iTunes and at surethingrecords.com. Also, Brina Gavin writes... I'm a nutritionist, and after almost three years of graduate school and 1,000 hours of a clinical internship, starting a side project I'm really proud of, a small boutique integrative nutrition practice that I run myself. For every one regular client consultation I do, I will volunteer my time and match that hour with an hour of pro bono work with a low-income family uh, in South Central. So this pro bono work includes working with new mothers for postnatal care, both for mom and baby, tons of working with at-risk youth to help them develop ideas for healthy food choices, how to choose healthy lunches, meal options on a budget. How to take care of their bodies, functional foods to eat, build up immunity during cold and flu season. Uh, If you want more info about what integrative nutrition is, which is sort of an East meets West philosophy, check out her company, The Simple Leaf. It is thesimpleleafnutrition.com. And she also has an Instagram with some recipes, health food facts at at thesimpleleaf, which bleeds very nicely Into this episode of the podcast is Brandon Routh, who is promoting Legends of Tomorrow on the CW Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Lydia and I met Brandon and his wife Courtney Ford about It was almost actually exactly a year ago at uh, Nathan Fillion had a at a a gathering at his house, and we met them there and talked for a while, and just fantastic people. Uh, And you know, we became friends, and then it was always a hey, let's you know, I'd love to get you on the podcast, and it finally happened, but. We actually talk a lot about fitness and nutrition in this episode, and it's not something that I talk a ton about normally, because, I don't know, I'm still, I don't want to say embarrassed to talk about fitness, but I still have these, like, deep-seated ideas from my youth about what fitness dudes were like, fitness bros. Uh, And I did not have a lot of positive associations with that. But when I got into my 30s and I started getting healthy, uh, I really, you know, I've been training with my buddy Tom Dieters for like, oh, I don't know, 13, 12, 13 years now, 12 years now. And if it weren't for fitness, I would never be able to do all the things that I do. And it is one of the most significant choices that I ever made in my life. So it was nice to be able to talk about it with uh, Brandon, who's uh, very much a a fit guy and is really smart. Brandon is uh, super – he just – you know, it's, it's, it's so interesting that he plays the character that he plays in Legends of Tomorrow because he really is a brainiac. And, uh, and so we had a really nice chat. So uh, Brandon Routh on this episode of the Nerdist Podcast, which, by the way, was also brought to you by Stamps.com. Stop going to the damn post office. Mail any letter or package using your computer, uh, your printer. The mail carrier picks it up. Avoid all the hassles of the stupid post office and mail everything from postcards and envelopes to packages, domestic or international. Create your Stamps account in minutes online with no equipment to lease, no long-term commitments. And unlike a post office, it never closes. it it works around your schedule. It is convenient, it is easy, it is reliable, it is flexible. Stamps.com brings all the services to your fingertips. They're going to send you a digital scale. So right now, please continue to enjoy the Stamps.com service with a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus postage in a digital scale without long-term commitments. Go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in NERDIST. That's Stamps.com under the promo code NERDIST. Stamps.com, never go to the post office again. And now, here's the Nerdist podcast number 861 with Brandon Ralph, Katie Levine, would you be so kind? Now entering NERDIST.com. Hello! Hey, nice
1: Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Hi. I know I was confused because I did the meltdown.
0: Oh! First. Gotcha, gotcha, not gotcha. I was being
1: wise enough to go. That's what I was like. I, the first time I did that,
0: I was like, oh, I'm nervous. Crispy, your empire is so huge. <laughs> it's, so, it's so sprawling. It's so sprawling. No, uh, I know it's a little confusing because there's a few of things. There's a few different parts of it, but uh, I don't know. It usually makes sense in my head. And sometimes I'm like, no, a Nerdist is – it's not me. Because that happens all the time. I go, I'm going to do Nerdist. Well, I see you go, oh, no, 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 I think you're doing – Something with Jessica Chobot, or you're doing something at the Man, theater. I don't have so much time in my day. <laughs> you have to
1: reach the, the the top of the echelon to get to meet me. You have to go through my other foot soldiers to see if you're worthy to get to the boss. I'm
0: level. a boss battle, you guys. I'm a boss battle, but uh, but you but you just came straight, like you have permanent access <laughs> at all times. I mean, you and your wife were at our wedding. I mean, that's that, right. That's about as much. One of the coolest, amazing weddings. Did you have uh, other fun? than my own wedding, of I think course, that,
1: um, which I can't be uh, partial about or impartial about, but uh, I did have a great time. Oh, good!
0: I'm so glad. Yeah.
1: Um, the only strange thing was was the craziest like party beforehand, like the cocktail hour. Yeah, was it was like a Hollywood party. I mean, a <laughs> veritable who's who's and meeting some family and some other friends, um, people that I knew and, and new people. Um, but that in itself was just like. Kind of a cool oh. ca- casual because they were, they were cool people. They weren't like, you know, hobnobbing with schmuckety
0: schmucks. Yeah, and, it, um, they were really nice. It was a really nice group. Real but, conversations to be had, you know? Not, yeah. Well, we, were, we, we really wanted it to be fun for everyone and, and not make people sit through a, a bunch of stuff that was only meaningful to us. Because yeah. I think people, I think it's like, well, you got to consider your guests at the wedding and they, mm-hmm. you want them to have fun and not. Have, that's so. I, I killed no toasts. There was only one toast. Lydia's best friend. I was Uh, waiting for the best man man speech. There was no, yeah, no no speeches. Because they never, it's always the most awkward part of any wedding is all the toasts where it's like 400 people or however many people are there don't know the inside story. So someone's drunk up there, going. And you remember when we you and I we had these <laughs> nicknames for each other. And then everyone's like, ah, I, I, I don't know. So we wanted it to be as fun and 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 seamless as possible. But I'm sorry we didn't get to spend more time hanging out with with you and Courtney because it there were people that I didn't even know were there that just didn't come up to me and they're like you looked busy well i mean you know having been through
1: a wedding i understand the demands and and all that uh and and we just have co- become recently acquainted uh in a way and so you know i figured there were people who who wanted to spend more time with you have you've been married
0: like 10 years right yeah, almost yeah now, now what what advice can you give <laughs> A newlywed having ten years of marriage under your belt. Uh,
1: you know, it's 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 cheesy, but it's true. It's communication, mm-hmm. um, and the older you get, the better you get at communicating um, with your with your significant other with yes. people. I mean, communication in life is is the important thing, and um, and I think for me, being a person that has a history of of kind of not wanting to upset people, Yep. so I won't tell them everything that maybe. <laughs> I'm upset about, or have right. a, just a, maybe just a little thing, and so then it just kind of you hold on to it, and then it becomes a bigger thing than right. it should. So then, then it, then it should be. So talking about those little things and not making having an open having an open line of communication, like not making anybody a bad guy to talk about something that can improve the relationship, right? Um, I think is a big thing, and that pays off. You know, if you anybody who has kids will know that communication is a huge part too, because. You have to be able to communicate. If you and your if you and your spouse can't deal communications before you have a kid, then you're going to have a lot of well, a lot of issues because the then you have to communicate like triple the time to make sure that you are both on the same plan and stuff. And well, we're talking about kids,
0: but um, but anyway. Well, the good news is everyone who has a kid is a master of communication, right? Every person that. <laughs> <laughs> the world would be a better place if we were. But that's part of the that's that's part of the life, you know? Well it is, but I but I remember when we when Lindy and I met, when we really I had the first kind of conversation with you with both of you at I think it was at philian's house. Yeah. And we left, and I was like, wow, they're super smart. Like you it just you both just radiate brain energy oh. and and I was like, we gotta hang out with them. We gotta hang out with them. But then, you know, where do you shoot Legends? Was that Vancouver Vancouver. Yeah it's, yeah, it's just scheduling sucks. It's rough. Um,
1: I'm just finally back. We finished uh, last uh, Monday, so I've been home a week, um, our season two. Yeah. Um, and it's nice to be home, be on hiatus and have a couple months off to just be here. Um, my wife and my son, they spend most of the time here although my wife is shooting Supernatural, mm-hmm. which shoots next door to us, so she's done five or six episodes, I think, by the time the season's over. Um, so that's been nice. They've both come up, and, and it's been a good family time, um, but I'm done until July. And was and just walking, just parking my car and walking over here to the little studio, uh, I'm like, oh, man, this is this is so nice. This is, first of all, it's sunny, and it's mm-hmm. oh, 65 degrees. Yep. Not really warm, but it's beautiful. And this is this is one of the things that I love about being in this industry, but Vancouver is a very different experience <laughs> because uh, it's rainy most of the time. It's a lovely city, um, very nice people, and, and great food. Uh, but this, it's not the same. Like it's not Hollywood. It's right. not. Uh, you go, walk on the lot and you see other shows shooting right. and it feels like the energy of creativity and yeah. things This is Hollywood energy that doesn't exist in, in, in Vancouver so much so um, I definitely am jealous coming back here
0: well that. this lot is about a hundred years old mm. and when you kind of look around and see, you can see some of the there's posters everywhere, there's giant billboard yeah. posters everywhere you see like oh they shot Burns and Allen here and I Love Lucy and 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 um, uh, uh, um, Laurel and Hardy and old westerns. I mean, this it you you find places. This is really the most history that we have yeah. in this town. Is you know built around this industry. But I do love Vancouver. Vancouver is such a nice. This just the town has just a good vibe to it. It is.
1: It's you know, and and it's one of the only places that I can get you can get wild salmon sushi. Which is like, it's all farmed salmon here in Los Angeles. We think that Los Angeles is the health capital of the world in some ways, but Vancouver and and other places in Canada actually are doing uh, things, some things better than we are. Oh, yeah. I think, um, I think, as far as good, healthy, quality food.
0: Yeah. The Pacific Northwest and Western Canada. Yeah has a real... I think they have a much better in Seattle,
1: Portland area. Yeah, right real... Do you, you ever pop over? Did you has been on? a little bit. I drove down. Last year, I drove my, uh, had my car shipped up, and I drove it back down with my dad at the end of last oh, season. Oh, that's nice. Which is fun. We had a little road trip, and we stopped at uh, a place called Caveman Cafe or Caveman something. Sorry, Portland, Portlanders. Uh, Portlandia.
0: <laughs> Listen, <laughs> even, great. even uh, if you could remember the name of it,
1: they would probably tell you that you were saying it wrong. It's a paleo place, anyway, up <laughs> yeah. there, and uh, it's pretty great. Is it, or do you eat paleo? Pretty much, yeah. I follow... Uh, I do... Uh, uh, Bulletproof diet, um, which is a version of a paleo diet, which is uh, bulletproof coffee. I just listened oh. to the Alan Tudyk podcast and oh, realized yes. you don't drink coffee. I didn't know that about you, um, uh, or you can't. The I caffeine can. it makes is a, me crazy. So your so your body probably uh, doesn't metabolize caffeine very well. You could do a genetic test to kind of figure that out. No, I actually don't. I have issues with that too, but not as crazy as you uh, sounds. But um, so bulletproof coffee is is grass fed butter and coconut oil and uh, anyway, whole other thing that
0: I won't get into. No, you should actually because it it, it does it it does it just kind of like uh, do a clean sweep of your system and keep everything.
1: It it affects how the caffeine uh, enters your body because it's wrapped in fat. So you blend it up, mm-hmm. so it makes it frothy like a like a latte, um, essentially. But it, it definitely changes the the uptake of caffeine in your body because your, your fat cells have your, excuse me your cells of your body have fats that have a fat membrane. Mm-hmm. So because the coffee and the caffeine's wrapped in fat, because it's been emulsified, it enters the body slower. So it's not like, oh, I just had caffeine. Right. Like it bursts. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm feeling good. Have caffeine. And then it leaves your body in a more uh, sustained release, I guess, or <laughs> uh, departing. So it's not like, oh, you don't have a caffeine high and then caffeine low. Interesting. Uh, and and I, the, I started doing this, gosh, almost three, three years ago. Um, and for me, it was an amazing amount of energy, just brain energy, because there's a whole myth about fat. Uh, fat's bad for us, fat is not bad for us. Certain fats are bad for us, but largely fat is really powerful and important and a great source of fuel for our bodies. It's an alternate source of fuel versus sugar, Mm -hmm. um, which has a lot of damaging aspects to it. So basically, bulletproof the idea of bulletproof eating is being more fat-fueled. So I consume a lot more fat, but high-quality good fat. Sure. um, That also gives me brain energy and overall body energy. Um, And I often say, and I wrote, I guess that... um, um, uh, it turned on a light in my head, and my brain, that I didn't know was off. Kind of like a brain fog that I had, that I that I had so, for so long that I didn't know. That's existed. really interesting. It cut through that and gave me much more energy to communicate the way I'm communicating <laughs> now and have a free. free
0: flow maybe of I thought. should. Maybe I should at least try you and can, see what
1: happens. You can do it without coffee or caffeine. Caffeine adds a certain element, but you can do it with uh, decaf English breakfast tea or whatever. I just bought matcha. Some people do it with matcha. I'm just going to try that, which obviously has caffeine too. Maybe they have a decaf one. I don't know. But um, the other thing about about Bulletproof Coffee beans can make their own coffee beans As coffee is is uh, moldy is moldy has yep. grows mold all food grows mold yep. at a certain point it starts to de- degrade that's the process of life um but coffee both in the way it's grown and the way it's harvested um uh has a propensity to grow mold mm-hmm. and that mold uh, that's on the coffee beans is what gives a lot of people jitters anxiousness uh, upset stomach um, acid reflux and things like that those because... are all the things that i suffered from so a clean coffee bean you may have a different experience. You may sure. not because if, you're, if genetically your body just doesn't process caffeine well, it may just not do well on caffeine. It may not have to do – but mold has, just like black mold, mold sure. on our food, mold on peanuts, aflatoxin A, which is a mold that's on peanuts I'm boring people with science. Um, no, no. They want
0: to hear you talk uh, science. There's a, there's or, a may, lo- or maybe that kind of food science though. I don't know. There's a lot of people there that are just discovering this whole other sexy side of you. They're <laughs> like, oh my God, talk more about molds and fungus. Um, Yes, uh, <laughs> a deep dive into mold and punk. The but it's around. good, you know. Is it? But it. it but it's all good because I, uh, not to bore you too much about my personal physiology, but uh, my, when I got a physical last year, the doctor's like, your cholesterol is real high, mm. and uh, and I'm in pretty good shape, and that was very was that very upsetting to learn. Yeah. So so cholesterol is another
1: real. It's not a misdirect, but it's it's it's. Um, Cholesterol is not the marker of health that we think it is, mm-hmm. both low and both high. Right. I, I used my hand, and <laughs> D- I, did, I did it opposite. Um, but I did it opposite, um, both low and both low high. Low and high. Now I correct There you. we go. Uh, for those watching at home. Um, <laughs> so there, there are a lot of books about it, a lot of podcasts about it. I learned a lot about it by listening to podcasts. Um, the Bulletproof podcast and a lot of other different podcasts. But... Um, Essentially, cholesterol is really powerful and important for us. Mm-hmm. Um, we need it. It's a hormone in our body. Um, and when you have too low of cholesterol, that can be uh, fatal sure, and have consequences. And too high cholesterol, yes, is a marker for certain things, but it is not a true marker or is a strong marker for heart health and, and uh, arterial health as uh, it's made out to be. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I strive to have a higher cholesterol, overall cholesterol, rate, as long as the... There are different types of cholesterol. Right, there's right, right, There's right. big, fluffy uh, cholesterol particles, and there's sk- small ones. You, you want more of the big, fluffy ones, I think. I'm forgetting all of it now. But needless to say, I can't get into the whole mechanics of cholesterol, but there are, there's, I think there's a book called like, The Cholesterol Myth or just different books um, about cholesterol, and strictly trying to lower cholesterol is not a winning health strategy. Does this di- is this diet a good diet for that? Uh, this would probably – could probably push people's total cholesterol a little bit higher, possibly, but it's because it's increasing your good – your HDL. Right. And lowering your triglycerides. Right, 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 um, which are the LDLs. Yes. Uh, well, yeah, and triglycerides are kind of a sub uh, a subcategory, um, and that's what makes things sticky. So when you have a lot of sugar – when you have a lot of sugar, it, it kind of, uh, in, in your bloodstream, it can create a lot of triglycerides, um, even if the thing you're having doesn't really have cholesterol in it. Is that right? I, don't don't quote me uh,
0: on, on the science. No, all the cardiologists are yeah. tweeting in, what are you saying? But um, uh, but you basically, the end result is you just don't want plaque to build up in your arteries. Exactly. And,
1: and you know, I did a, um, uh, well, I'll get into myself, but. Um, Please. I did a, uh, I did a, a CT scan mm-hmm. um, of my of my of my chest uh, of my arteries for a, doing a battery of tests with a, a doc that I'm working with on myself and it it uh, tests for plaque buildup. Mm-hmm. There are other ways to test, but this is kind of the first thing they do. Um, and I had sorry, not plaque buildup, but medichlorians. Um, um, uh, f- no, midichlorian buildup. <laughs> um, oh, cr- crime and nitley. Crime and nitley is an Iowa term. Um, uh, it creates bone, bone, um, calcium, calcium. Thank you, calcium buildup. And I had zero. I had a zero score of zero calcium buildup, which is pretty extraordinary um, because I think a lot of people have have some. Right. Um, and calcium buildup is created from a lot of different uh, reasons. But anyway, uh, my cholesterol is very is what I deem very good. There's
0: a different level of what people will call cholesterol. Oh, my God. So no, we'll stop no. talking. Uh, no, not at all because this is – I mean was all this driven by the fact that, well, I'm on TV. I probably need to be in good shape and, oh, wow, I'm discovering all these things about that through that process. Kind of, but mostly
1: for my son. So when he turned one – I found out this information started to kind of go down this rabbit hole when he was turning one and he was starting to eat solid foods. Mm-hmm. Um, he was breastfed uh, for a year but and then he started to do you know, smashed avocado and you know, mushy food and then they go into uh, eating solid foods and figure out how am I going to feed him. Like this is my... Is the most important thing in the world. i got to make sure I'm feeding it right. the right things. And my friend, said, at a, my friend said, hey, have you heard of Bulletproof Coffee? And I was like, no, what's that? You put butter and uh, uh, coconut oil in your coffee. And I was like, what? That sounds Great weird. Great for babies, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That sounds weird. <laughs> uh, but let me read about it. He sent me the, the link uh, to the blog, and I read, and I was like, whoa, what Dave Asprey, who's the founder, uh, what he was saying about fat or educating me about fat was really enlightening and interesting because it was turning everything on its head. And so then I just went deep into it and listened to all the podcasts. Um, and I, like the next day, I gave it a shot and I cut out gluten, grains, um, did Bulletproof Coffee. I was putting a lot more butter in my coffee at the beginning than I do now. Mm-hmm. You kind of ramp up to it and your body craves the fat once you start giving it kind of what it wants. You can follow it a little bit. Um, and... That's when the light turned on and I started dropping weight. Um, I think I dropped over like three months 15, 20 pounds, it was kind of just excess sitting around weight mm-hmm. without changing my, you know, what I was doing physically. Oh, at all. wow. Um, because my body was becoming a, a more clean and efficient fueled machine. Um, I ate less. So uh, anti aging a <laughs> uh, the- uh, uh, theory, or I think it's proven. Because you're 63? I'm 63, yeah. yeah I mean, you look I amazing. my aging. Yeah, got you back look 20 amazing. Drop 20 pounds and 20 years. <laughs> um, it is, is to eat less. If you eat less, you'll age slower because your body has to break down less and is doing less work, right? Interesting. Is I, I believe that's a proven science thing. It's it's well thought of and well um, used. Uh, Were you always theory, anyway. into this? Because you, I mean, Superman got me into it definitely a lot. I would imagine. And even before when I st- I mean, the first thing I ever had, knowledge I had about... Health was when I was still in Iowa, mm-hmm. and I was working. I started. They got this free membership at Seven Flags. It was a gym called Seven Flags in Iowa.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they added a seven yeah. flag.
1: It's not as fun. It's more work. It's seven more Flags. work we than the flag. extra flag. Yeah. A, it gets real serious. Yeah. And um, I was uh, so I was getting in shape to do like it was a local agency in Des Moines that told me about this big. Uh, that was my chair. That was his chair. Um, uh big reacting in- to the huge fart yes <laughs> the bullet no it was, it was the squeaky chair it was a squeaky Bulletin chair fart. Um, going to this uh bigger uh, thing i'll call imta in new york because this is kind of where i met my first manager anyway uh I was doing this tr- this uh, working out with the trainer first time with the trainer and he was like what are you what are you eating what's your diet and I was like well this and that and I, you know and uh, uh, pretzels and um, you know lo- low fat and uh, sour patch kids and he <laughs> was like wait wait what you can't that, that's basically it's fattening. I like no it's all it's full sugar I mean it's sugar it's not fattening it says, it says no fat fat free it's a fat free food
0: what's wrong with that
1: it's like no sugar sugar turns to fat and I was like what
0: well you were getting away with that because you were in your early 20s yeah I was 19 oh you were 19 um, yeah when, you're, when everyone's Wolverine
1: yeah well thankfully I was active and I have you know thanks to my parents I have good genes because I ate like I mean I absolute terrible slob as a kid and I wasn't lean i probably carrying around 20 pounds extra weight but i was big and bulky you mm-hmm. know and, and tall and uh athletic so it, you couldn't tell necessarily but um it was not good it was not good for my body at that time anyway that was I spent 20 years basically almost 18 years since that was that happened that was my first little bit of it and then i'd read you know health magazine magazines would come out and i'd read some of the you know started to get into it then when superman happened obviously i i got much more into it. I had a nutritionist. um, That's when I started, you know, um, really understanding how to work out better and what was good food to eat. But even all that has flipped on its head, right? So in 2004 or five, when I was training for that, I would do things totally different now if I was going to be training for something like that Um, in many ways. And that nutritionist, that same nutritionist does a lot of things differently as well. And she's how I met Dave, because they were
0: friends in the in the nutrition world. Maybe I'll have to get some info from you. Yeah, then because so, I mean, you know, I just want to I want to make sure I'm in better shape at my age now than I've ever been in my entire than I was when I was 25. Yeah. When it when I was basically just like what you were saying, it's like oh, what's wrong with pizza and beer? Those things have health qualities yeah. of some sort. And uh, now I don't do anything except you know at starbucks a couple times a day but that's real sugary yeah that's real sugar sugar is sugar's the, the basically the
1: biggest enemy um and sugar is a real drug i mean it passes the blood brain barrier it 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 is addictive like uh, you know there are studies that will tell you that it's more addictive than cocaine and and all and heroin and all those other things because it actually functions in the brain it mimics certain uh, aspects of what those drugs do um and there are reasons for that. But um, having the more fat, what it does is it, it fat creates um, a hormonal response that tells your body that you're that you're full. Mm-hmm. So fat fills you up faster. If you eat a steak and... If you have steak and french fries on your plate, like doing steak frites, mm-hmm. um, and you just eat that, you probably eat more french fries. But if you put steak and a big slab of butter mm-hmm. on top of the steak and you eat most of this, you go target the steak first, you won't get to eat as many of the french fries because you're going to get full right. from the fat. And that fat, in my mind, as long as it's grass-fed butter, so that's a cow that eats only the grass, um, is better for you than eating those french fries. Yeah, so a cow that just eats sour and you won't want is bad, right? Right, you don't want a sour patch a. There was a thing, there was a, Skittles? Yeah. So there's this thing that, that, uh some cattle and maybe other ruminants get fed excess candy and sugar and stuff. There was a big uh spill of a of a truck that was carrying Skittles mm-hmm. and cattle herder somewhere brought the cows and the cows ate the Skittles off of the ground. And apparently CNN reported on this it's a it's a practice that happens to fatten the cows up. Um so So it's not good. So it's not good. Right. I mean it's not good for us. It's not good for the cows. We are what we eat. Right. We are what we eat, ate, and and the knowledge of that, we kind of live in denial about a lot of things, and that's one of the things that, as a society, certainly in America, we've we've uh, become accustomed to, um, not questioning how the animals are treated or also what they've been what they've eaten. Right. Um, Too much work because what they eat too much energy, and then what we eat, what they've eaten affects us. So. You, know, to, you can deny that. You can deny science all you want. There are plenty of people who want to do that, but it has supreme effects. If you can change your diet
0: and lose weight, then what you're eating, what you're eating affects you. I don't even know if it's as many people would deny it. I just think most people are like, eh, ah, I'm just too busy. Well, ah, I'm just, God, no, I'm an energy. You know, It's planning. It's You yeah. have to get con- control it of, of, of it. Work. It takes
1: the time to get control of it. But I tell you, for me, when I got control of it, so many other things in life started to fall in line in a better way because I was taking control of one of the most important aspects of life, which is eating. Right. You have to do it every day. You have to do it or you die. Yeah. Um, and if you start to take control of that, for me, it had positive... It had positive buildup you know, down the line um, in many ways because um, I was then in, in control of my brain.
0: Well, And, the and older... then
1: I was in control of other people. But, the older, the, but the older brain. you
0: get, the more stuff you have to do to just feel okay. And, it, and you, don't, you don't have the luxury of your body having Wolverine healing properties when you're 20. When you start getting older, you really do have to plan more. You do have to stretch. Well, you know, I guess you don't have to. Stretching is kind of one of those things too which but it, it's like you don't have to do all that stuff right. but it but then again you can't be surprised if you know by the time you're 50 or 60 it's hard to get around or you can't you know it's like you get winded really easy like yeah I mean that's you know you yeah you kind of should exercise you should think about what you eat because yeah. it really will affect you and you'll fucking care when you're 65. And you're just, you know, you're basically just chair bound because you didn't think about it for decades. And it's a lot harder to, it's easier
1: to to correct the trajectory your trajectory now than down the road. So, Absolutely, and with simple I mean, changes. I mean, a lot of people get intimidated, and I certainly was intimidated a little bit along the path of this of this exploration of like, oh, I can't. I'm getting. I have to take all these supplements to be healthy, and I can't. <laughs> and it's so much money, and you're doing all this stuff. But um, so there is a point where you have to just baby steps, but you have to commit to the steps. If you're going to do babies, you have to commit to it. I pretty much went cold Turkey. Um, I'm kind of like that with, with things I guess sometimes, but, um, but there's no wrong way there, you can't, there's a better way to say that. Um,
0: There's no wrong way to eat a reese's.
1: There's no the, you just have to you just have to go for it and not beat yourself up if you're not don't beat yourself up if you're well, if you don't if you're not perfect. If you're not perfect with a diet, you can't beat yourself up because think, that emotional stress yes. is gonna lead you then to eat more of the things you don't want to beating yourself up.
0: Exactly. So, you know, what I what I tell people, I've had the same guy that I've been training with for twelve years. Mm. And what I tell people who are like, What do I you know, how do I start because I was very fitness averse when I was younger yeah. because it represented a type of person that I did not like sure and um a <laughs> type of person who was very mean to me mm. and so when I got older and I started to realize oh when I quit drinking and I st- I stopped doing everything that was bad I go well maybe I should you know I don't want to I don't want to hit 50 and then be like oh I better turn this better turn this boat around so I started working with this guy and so and he's been amazing but what I tell people now is like don't – because I think some people just have like a moment of panic where like, i got to change my whole life at once. i got to change my whole diet all at once and i got to start working out five days a week. No, you don't. Don't do that because you won't stick to it and yeah. then it will be so painful that you will just associate that it is the worst thing that you can do. So I say like, hey, you know, you walk a half hour a week. Start like on Tuesdays from noon to 1230. You're just going to walk a half hour. Try that for a little bit. See how you feel. Start to feel better and mm. then you'll start to gravitate toward – incrementally healthier choices and then in 6 months you'll see that you've made these massive changes but it's you know it's not jumping into the pool you're just sort of wading in yeah. inch by inch and that I think is a lot more those incremental goals are a lot or a lot better for for people. If
1: you put the goal too high so high then then you're setting yourself for failure yes. because
0: you're setting an, an
1: unattainable goal. Um, when I started this I just wanted to I was interested in the science. I wasn't doing it to lose weight or do anything. I was hoping it maybe would give you some more energy um and that was the biggest thing for me it wasn't about learning it wasn't about and maybe that's the mindset it's like i had to do it to, lo- to lose weight um which is which is so a- instead of going i want to change my diet to be more healthy mm-hmm. and to have better mental energy and better clarity of thought yeah and shoot for that and then <laughs> if you lose weight along the way um that'll be that'll be a bonus but especially with that the mental clarity that thing that sort of um, uh, verifiable uh, success is in my mind achievable in a, a, in a in a way of eating it's called a diet i don't like it's just the way i eat right. eating bulletproof or switching to a paleo style diet cutting out things that are negatively affecting you and adding things that will that that are easy that will ben- add benefit to you you know you could do a simple test if you don't drink coffee i mean the best way to do it is to test it in the morning when your system's clean. Um, but, I mean, you can do a simple test, like with even with a steak test. It's like eat uh, eat uh, salmon and ha- make some broccoli or whatever vegetable that you like. Mm-hmm. Get some good quality butter. Kerrygold is a, a Irish butter. They have it at Trader Joe's. They have it pretty much everywhere. Is grass-fed butter. Uh, make your vegetables that you like. If you have a blender, blend it up with some of the butter and make like a sauce that goes over the, the salmon, mm-hmm. something. That adds really good fat. Eat that and see how you feel. Pause a little bit and then see if you're ready for dessert. Right. How much dessert you eat. Right. Because if you fill up on the better stuff, you won't be tempted as much by, by the other things.
0: Well, you know, because I'm sure some people listen to go... What? I can't believe Brandon. He's a tall handsome guy. He doesn't represent me and you go, "Yeah, but he you work to I mean there is a ver- there is an alternate universe version of you of a guy who kind of just let it all go." And and again, and you know, like I always say to people, you know, you should not be defined by your body you should be defined by your choices. Mm. So if your body is the result of healthy choices, then fine. It doesn't matter like how much you weigh or what you do. Like what matters is you're making healthy choices. For me personally, my body at when I was living really unhealthily was the pr- product of insanely unhealthy choices. Yeah. Just like 3 a.m. Pizza and, and, and drinking. And mental health probably as well, which yeah. is a whole key of this. Right. Um,
1: you know, when I talk about mental energy i 'm also talking about you know mental health um, uh, when when our brains have the proper fuel and our bodies have the proper fuel, it allows more of our humanity to come through that 's mm-hmm. been my experience, and that 's been i think the experience of other people anecdotally who 've done more of a bulletproof or paleo diet, not to say that these people are enlightened 100 percent or that they don't make mistakes or that i don't make mistakes i make lots of mistakes um and that's kind of important because then i learn from them but um when i one of the awesome benefits aside from losing weight and getting more energy was was my ability to be calm and have a have a, a conversation with somebody and not have other things in my head, mm-hmm. uh, other thoughts, or that I have to leave, or that I'm hungry, or that what am I going to eat? It just allowed me s- more silence, or being t- to cranky listen, because be you present. Yeah. Cranky. I mean, you know, I talk about being f- uh, the steak and the butter filling you up. It also cr- uh, destroys the hangry issue. Um, the food doesn't control me in that way because I've fed my body. And two hours after I eat, I'm not craving something and saying, I don't know what I'm going to eat. I can't make a decision now. I can't make a decision, just anything to fill me up. Oh, there's a Snickers. I'm going to have Snickers. Right. And, then, and then just keeps continuing. So once you take control of the food, of your uh, of what you eat, then you get back control of your brain. I don't think enough of us have realized yet that – we are more in control than we are allowing. Sure, and and food is one of the gateways to get there because when you feel f- feed your body, your brain has the capacity to be more, well, say, superhuman to to attain to get to that level of clarity that you can make decisions and and see things from a more top down.
0: Well, yeah, I don't th- I don't think eating sugar all the time really helps with depression. It's kind of interesting. It's that it's that. Eh. It's it, it's sort of a self fueling engine of despair where you feel bad, so you you know. Mm-hmm. In my case, it was drinking with other people. It's sugar, sugar. You want to you want to change how you feel. Yeah. Oh, this feels good the second that it's happening, but the long term effects are that it sort of it creates more depression and need for that thing. I mean, it's it really is emotionally parasitic in yeah. that way. It,
1: it creates. I mean, sugar creates a dopamine response, I believe, um, just like other things. Um, and, and it, that's something that we we want again and again because it it makes us feel good it really it's a feel good um, thing and I you know after like that's why I ate sugar and ate like crap as a kid too part of its knowledge, but part of it's like i wasn't I wasn't popular kid in high school. I didn't have any friends outside of school. I was playing uh I was playing Warcraft the <laughs> friends that I had. We were I was dialing up fourteen four yeah uh b p s to my to a couple of guys that I would play warcraft the original warcraft uh with. Mom,
0: I'm using the modem hang up the phone yeah
1: and um and that was my existence in high in high in, in high school was i didn't i didn't date I didn't go out socially, I played soccer and I swam and I was in music and theater and all that stuff I had socially at school, but outside of school I didn't have any friends Did it wasn't that to like college other kids. I hated kids. <laughs> um... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, did you not? Do you relate? think that was a problem? Was that no, a problem? No, I, like, I was wondering if you if you just didn't if you didn't relate to. I, I could stand looking at them. Well, just their faces. I personally didn't really like other kids. Oh, I really? didn't have a lot of friends. I just I thought most kids my age were dopey. Mm. They liked dumb things. Mm. They, you know, I, I hated sport. Like I just didn't. I didn't feel like I related to yeah. other kids. So I, I wonder if some of that was. Do you think you created some of that wall? Um, I yes, I'm sure that I did. I don't think it's because I disliked them. I think.
1: My, uh, my mom was a teacher, a second-grade teacher. I come from a small town of about 7,000 people. Oh, wow. I graduated class of 143. So uh, the kids that I went to kindergarten with mm-hmm. are the kids I graduated with, Yep, by and large. And, I, and we went to, I was Methodist, grew up Methodist, went to a Methodist church, and we were very you know active in the church. Um, and I think that I had a lot of friends going into middle, seventh grade, seventh grade I had like a seven or eight when I called best friends um and then like seventh grade hit and they're like all like dis disowned me some kind of in a not nice way and then I was left going what the hell's wrong with me what did I what did I even do and all the self-doubt and all this stuff um and that proceeded into into high school largely that's why I didn't have any friends and I didn't get teased badly I did buy some of the friend one of the guys uh, who who broke up the friend relationship and his friends kind of um, do you know uh, what happened Was it just like puberty or was I, I it- think I, the only thing that I can that I can come to an understanding about is that i probably was more judgmental than um than i understood at the time mm-hmm. as far as we shouldn't do that or that's a bad thing or I, that people thought i would tell on them sure um it'd be a tattletale because my mom was a teacher and i was a goody two-shoe sure um they couldn't invite me to the party because i would say you could be drinking and i i would call the cops sure i don't think i would <laughs> i don't think i was that i wanted to fit in but they they judged that i wouldn't maybe by what i said that i would be that way um my mom always said that you know what you want to be and they don't yet and i was like
0: well okay <laughs> that's not really but what is
1: that really you know how how does that get me friends
0: and like you know so i want to so so okay so this is an interesting cuz I, I i feel like i had a, an analogous experience in my in my in my youth around the same time um but you know, I, have, I I think everyone is really a version of them in there. In our heads, I think most people are a version of yourself that's around that age. Maybe, you know, or maybe still, you around mean? 13. In your head, like, oh. when you think of yourself, you know, you still think of yourself as that person, and you still, no matter how old you get, and you still kind of approach things. Like, you're still doing patchwork for stuff mm. that you're trying to make up for back then. So do you feel like... You are still profoundly affected by that experience of kind of being dumped by your friends. And do you feel like that is that affects who you are today? I would say that it has in the past. I am working through not having
1: those attachments, <laughs> uh, attachment to that belief system of who I was at that time and mm-hmm. to, to go beyond that because I am not the same person. Um, and those are those emotional traumas or whatever you want to call stored memories or different ways to, to talk about to talk about what they are um, affected me for for quite some time and um, they 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 affect the subconscious us on a subconscious level of decision making of, of not feeling worthy um, of not feeling worthy of friendship mm-hmm. and then not engaging with people in, in a way or not sharing feelings and emotions for me it affected me in a way that I would not um, that I that I like we were saying before with relationships that I wouldn't talk about something that was upsetting me because I didn't want to upset the other person sure. right? and I felt like I I was okay like I came from a happy family and I, I'm right. like a good family and loving family and I'm good like I had a loving family and but that's kind of what it which is true yeah. but but also, but doesn't mean you have no problems exactly but yeah. I but I it's something called um, bypassing there's there's emotional bypassing there's spiritual bypassing and um, which just means you go uh, well, God will save me from this, or save this, or um, I don't uh, think of an emotional bypassing uh, example. Essentially, you don't you don't take in the emotional impact of something. Yeah, you see somebody, you know, some story in the news about something terrible that happened, and you go, "Oh well, you know, I hope they're in the I hope they're in a better place," which sure. is a nice blessing. But also, you're not like you're not taking that that really in it's a right. way of like diverting sure. having to not worry about that I don't have to worry about that because well, they're be, taken care of it'd be impossible to take on everything like, well, yeah, you just exa- and I'm not saying to. that you should yeah. right you can't sit there and, and take in you know every time somebody somebody's killed you know um, take that in that's, that's too much but there's a there's a, there's a fine line there sure um, when I read about for me when I read about something on Twitter feed or in you know, news something terrible that happens I going, oh man that's bad and then go on to the next thing I go I Put myself, I kind of just sit with it for a second and take in I guess if that happened if it happened to me, but just that what those people might be feeling for a moment empathy empathy it's an empathy practice, and then just it doesn't ruin my day for me it just but then I had that, and i and I feel free mm-hmm. because I did it rather than just having that itching feeling that there's this thing that happened that i don't really even like.
0: Looking. So you're you're giving it some emotional respect and yeah. some emotional weight, yeah. Because you know the, the interesting thing about empathy is that it's it's good to be empathetic, but I do feel like the dark side of empathy is, you know, you can be so empathetic that you're almost making something about yourself, yes. and then in that case. You kind of become useless to other people because it's like, well, someone – if, if you're absorbing someone else's emotions, you cannot be helpful to them if they need you.
1: Totally. And that's, and that's an argument about not being – not doing too much empathy. But there's a balance there. So, so you're mining – essentially, that's like you're mining, you're mining for emotional pain. Mm-hmm. Like you're trying because – and that's something else to look at if that's an issue for you. That's – there's a reason why you're doing that. Yes, um, That's another – thing i don't know what (laughs) but but that's another thing that you can work on because that 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 is not a healthy way to have empathy it's just to there's a uh there's a there's a there's a there's a balanced way i believe to do that yeah to at least sit in somebody's shoes for a moment and then get past it because yeah if you're worried about the people in third world countries not having food and it keeps you up at night that is not helping Right. Because you are taking – now you're worried about them, and it's affecting your life and your ability to take care of yourself and your kids. Right. That is not okay. But understanding what their plight might be and the daily life that they go through for a moment of reflection can give you value and understanding and respect and gratitude sure. for what you have and what you do. Um, and And you can move forward with that, whether that – if you feel so inclined, it's giving to – an organization, or reaching out to people in your local area because you may not be able to affect the change you want in the third world country far away, but you can give to a local um, um, uh, food Gathering Bank. Bank. Food bank. Thank you. That's the word I look for. <laughs> get Give to a local food bank or get involved locally and help with hunger if that's your issue locally. Right. And impact change in a huge way.
0: Well, yeah, I mean it's it's it it's so easy, particularly in this town, to I mean it's easy everywhere. And social media makes it even easier to just get so absorbed in yourself. Yeah. And uh and just surround you know, surround yourself. Um Well, there's a really I don't know if you're gonna know this reference. But uh do you know the ba- there's a band called Yes? There's a mm-hmm. band called Yes. And they they have a line in a song that's uh, don't surround yourself with yourself. Like, oh what a great mm. line in a song, you know, uh Can you find that, Katie? Don't surround yourself with yourself. Uh, I'm have to oh this time the king. I'm trying to get to the chorus so I can remember the na- the title of the song. But the band is Yes. I've seen all good people. I've seen all good people. I think it's I've seen all good people. You I, knew it right away. I did good memory. Yeah, just pulled it right out of there. Yeah, my brain is Already I don't I don't motor. I don't need just, a buttery fat diet because I just I can pull things out of No Katie had to find that for me. Thank you, Katie. <laughs> Thank you, Katie Levine. But it's just that idea of like surround like just being so surrounded. And I do feel like that is a that is so much of what we're all facing right now because it's so convenient and easy yeah. and comforting to surround yourself with yourself. But then there's no growth. There's no growth, I and mean, then you're just you're not looking outside yourself. You like you need to you need to bring in nutrients from other areas to fertilize the soil, the emotional soil. Exactly. Uh, it's important to have a varied
1: uh, friend base and, and people who are who who you deem to be I don't know, better than you or smarter or whatever or more successful than you, whatever that is. That reaching up to have people who you aspire to be or aspects, not aspire to be them, but, but aspects of, of, of a friend or somebody or acquaintance that you admire, mm-hmm. I think I'd like to have that skill. Mm-hmm. Incorporate them into your social network somehow. And because, then also be that for someone else. Yeah, because you, well, yeah, exactly. And, but it's, if you don't see the growth potential, you won't grow, you will know, just stagnate and continue to be where you are. And that right. can be
0: okay, too. Like, yeah. we're all okay, we're all, you're all, we're all really okay where kinda, we are. It really just kind of depends on what you want. It really depends what you want. And if you, you know, if you're comfortable where you are, then don't get down on yourself and don't don't go why don't I have this? Like, well, if you want this other thing, you should understand why you want that thing. You should understand with great clarity what it is specifically that you want. And then you can decide if you want to try to make it happen. And yes, it is a, it is work. Yeah. you know. But you're not going to get anything without working for it, really.
1: And the other people that have those things, it didn't magically just appear for them.
0: No, it's very rare. Maybe,
1: maybe 0.5% of the time if they were... You know, given tons of money at birth, it it
0: did, but but, but even that doesn't and large, solve every problem. And, exactly. on, and honestly, and honestly, even if someone get, you know, anyone can kind of hit some kind of a lottery at random, mm-hmm. but they, you know, but it the skill is is in keeping it and maintaining it and growing it. You know, I mean, it's real. It's like the perfect analogy is, of course, in the in this business, like mm. oh, some guy just got a job. He just got handed a big job. You know, fuck. But, you know, the skill is in staying there or keeping that and, you know, as someone I, who was handed a big it. Job. I've been through it. Um, so, so, so basically, you you kind of, did, would you say you kind of – I mean, I know you worked before Superman, but yeah. it kind of probably felt like zero to Superman. It was pretty
1: much – I mean, to, to the outside, it definitely feels like zero to Superman. For me, I'd been – I mean, it had been three years. Mm-hmm. Two and a half, three years, which is not just not long. Uh, I, at the time, it felt like it. All the the challenge and struggle, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I moved out when I was nineteen, uh, and I eventually got Superman when I was twenty-four. So I guess it was more four or five years. Um, um, I worked on a. I mean, the biggest thing I did is I worked on a soap for a year in New mm-hmm. York in two thousand one um, through two thousand two. And then I got fired from that. Um, <laughs> thankfully in many ways, and moved back to Los Angeles. Uh and didn't work for a year. Um, I barely auditioned my agent and my manager left me, parted ways not nicely. Um, and I was I had taken a bartending class uh-huh. before I'd gotten the soap the soap gig. And uh, and then I was a bartender on the show. <laughs> uh, so I, guess it's the like, class, oh, I got
0: my skills, right? The class so out. then
1: I tried to pan that off of my experience, like behind the bar. And with the, the bar, I went to the bartending class. You don't have to have a certificate to be a bartender, but I didn't know anything. I didn't drink. So sure. I didn't know anything about liquor. So I took right. the bartending class at 19 to do, learn a thing. And then, or at 20. And then, uh, anyway, uh, came back. And had to get a job, and I got a, a bartending job at this place called Al Reed's Steakhouse. Okay, it might still be there in, in Tahunga. All right, so no, north of Sun Valley, like 40 minutes outside oh, of yeah. LA. Everyone and um, locals, very nice people. But I made you know 30, 40 bucks in tip tips a night. It yes. was it was nothing, and I was paying more gas money to get out there oh, than sure. I was really making. Um, and then I was also working at a like a, there was like a, a, a business a strip mall. For this guy who was selling uh, wholesale stuff online. Yeah. Like all uh, like different kinds of knives, colored knives that you'd, you'd find at a, at, at a fair for uh-huh. winning a prize and pet supplies. You know, and then I'd pack them up and put the stick, uh, the,
0: the label on them and ship them off. So you're just cobbling all these things together. Two, is- working
1: two jobs yeah. because I burned through the, the little bit of savings I had from the soap opera of working on the soap and, and, and didn't have any representation for like three months. And then uh, a, a former assistant at my old manager became an agent. and was very kind. A gentleman named Ryan. He, uh, he's like, oh, I'm working at this agency. I'm becoming an agent. You want to come in and meet and, you know, see about getting represented by us? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and was with them for a while. And they, they set me up with my meetings with the manager. And I got my new manager. And I'm still with the, this, the, the same manager. Um, and then it was shortly after that, three months after that, then I started working at Lucky Strike. They got me a job. Oh. The agency got me a job at Lucky Strike. They got me the interview at Lucky Strike. That's where you met Courtney. That's where I met Courtney. Yes, I remember this. I remember <laughs> and, this. Uh, and I've been spying on you for years. Right. Now I remember you told us this. <clears throat> um, and then I booked an um, episode of Cold Case mm-hmm. in which I played, it was the 50s, 1950s, and um, my boyfriend, playing a gay couple, mm-hmm. in the 1950s, and my boyfriend gets beat up and killed. Mm-hmm. It was like this first season of Cold Case. And I was in a suit, my hair slicks back, and everybody's like, you look just like Christopher Reeve, like a young Christopher Reeve, this and that, and this and that. And I'd heard, like, Superman stuff before, but that was just a funny coincidence. All these weird – you call them coincidences. I don't think they're coincidences at this point. But um, did that, and then I did an episode of Oliver Bean, which mm-hmm. was, again, like a, fifth, like a set – it wasn't really set. That show kind of took place not in the current time. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, and then uh, an episode of Will and Grace, where I had one line. Um, And that kind of started to pick things up for me. Mm -hmm. And then the next pilot season, after a back and forth on this one show, this WB show, um, that I didn't ultimately get, but I met with the the producer who was producing partners with the then director of Superman said, oh, you should come in and meet about Superman. And I did. And I'm telling a short version of the story. But that was 2004.
0: Then do when you audition for Superman, what are they having you? What is an audition? What is a Superman audition like? Well, the first meeting
1: was with Mick G, who was the director at the time, and Stephanie Savage, who was the producer on the show called The Mountain. Uh, Mick G and he were both she were both producing the show, and I'd gone in like three times. They were like, "Oh, we want to get you in the show, but you're not quite. Can't find the role for mm-hmm. you." but I talked to her about Iowa because she'd gone to school in Iowa and I I knew that they I knew see I knew that they were I knew that Mickey was directing the new Superman movie Yeah. it changed hands and so I saw his name on the call sh- on the information and I was like if I do a good job I get a call back and then he's going to see that like I should be Superman <laughs> um, and that kind of happened so um <laughs>
0: was <laughs> very fortuitous. It yeah. doesn't always quite work out that no. way.
1: Um, and so we, we just had a meeting. It's like a 20-minute meeting about just talking about me, we talked about him a little bit, and, and that was it. We didn't talk about Superman at all, essentially. And then I left, and then a couple weeks later, they said, oh, we, they want to have you come in and, and read. And I came in and read, and we used – there were two scenes from – I think that it, was a, it was a Jennifer Lopez movie. Sna- Snake eyes or, ca- or something. Um, it was like a thriller. Okay. And the scenes, there were two scenes, and I chose one would be like, one seemed more like a Superman scene and one seemed more like a Clark Kent scene. Mm-hmm. So I I did, that's how I did the scenes. I did one, mm-hmm. as Clark, and one as Superman um, with the casting directors, and then I had a callback. And then after that, they decided they wanted to screen test, and they screen tested like six other guys. But that was already at that point. That was already like four months into the process. Did the screen test? It had six week hold to wait. Essentially, the contract, uh, contractually, they could wait six weeks to decide who they were going to cast, or they could cast nobody. <laughs> right, uh, everybody loses. Um, and what happened? Like four weeks into that, the thing, the deal fell away, fell through with McGee, mm-hmm. and I was like. Oh, I'm like at Lucky Strike. Everybody knows that I'm in this. I'm like, this is my, this is the thing that's gonna do it. You're just on the brink of like amazing things, and it was crushing.
0: <coughs> I started crying. No, need <laughs> some water. That's all right. Take a minute if you need a minute. This is uh-huh. Very emotional. And then, uh, um,
1: and then there was like silence, nothing, and I was crushed, you know, essentially. And then a couple weeks later, started to get rumors that. Brian Singer was had an idea was going to be doing the the project, and then he was, uh, and they were suddenly everybody was reporting, their casting sessions around the world in Ireland in Australia, uh, trying to find the next Superman. I'm like, I'm right here, (laughs) lucky strike. Look at my tape. We did a screen test. Come on, you just come over to Highlands. Don't need to go to fucking Ireland. Hasn't he met with everybody? Is he meeting with the people who who screen tested? before cuz we all have tape is he even considering us maybe 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 was the answer time had gone by another month or so and finally um but no concrete answer about whether we were even in the loop or in the, in 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 the running at all and then one friday morning uh i get a call from my from my agent and i'm having a tremendous uh migraine just like the worst migraine she calls me and says oh you know uh, amazing uh, Brian Singer wants to to meet with you today in like an hour at at, uh, at the coffee bean on on sunset i was like oh i can i i can't I don't even know if i can drive like this is such a crazy mind altering migraine i don't know if i can get out of bed to make it there but it's the most important day of my life um can you see if he can push it back um but he was leaving to australia to go location scout mm-hmm. like in six hours but they were able to move back a few hours i down some excedrin headache and ibuprofen like probably too many drugs and <laughs> went back to sleep for two hours and the headache had lifted and i went and had the meeting with him uh at the star at the coffee bean that's no longer there oh right 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 yeah um, on sunset plaza and um and that was kind of i mean that was That was it in his mind. I think he kind of made it had a decision already. What did
0: he need to like? What what is it that he needs to hear from you when you're meeting for coffee? He wanted to see my my personality, my vibe.
1: Yeah, my vibe. Um, I mean, gosh, it's been so long. I can't remember everything we talked about. I know that I spilled the coffee when I first came to (laughs) the table, which (laughs) which he always loved to tell that story, which was a total accident. Um, It's a very Clark move. I was very calm. I mean, I I've since. Since Bulletproof, actually, I've, I'm less, I actually am less clumsy. I know it sounds like since I changed my food, I've become less clumsy because I have better awareness of my body now it's moving. Um, but I was pretty clumsy at that point in my life. And um, we talked about growing up in Iowa and what I thought about Superman and Superman was to me. And he talked about you know how tremendous the the, the, the work was going to be and are you up for Everybody, all the scrutiny and all this stuff, and I was like a naive kid from my. I was like, yeah, I can do it. I mean, come on. I'm. Were you up for it when it started yeah. happening? Um, you know, I I got a taste of it. The worst part was 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 people on the forums and the boards because people used to use that more. Yeah, when before social media, or it was the original social media, I guess. Uh, where I always saying like he's not he's not big enough. He's not getting big enough. He's not. And I was like, I'm working out like. <laughs> you only knew how how dedicated i was to this doing this um that was the only thing that ever really that ever really got to me
0: it is kind of funny by the way that the idea that superman has to be ripped because yeah. it really it doesn't have to be at all it's it's really his chemical composition that get, that he has the powers it doesn't matter How many abs he has showing? Exactly. All the other, all the other Kryptonians were just like normal people. They weren't all
1: ripped. Zod's just a dude. I mean, Jor-el, he was not ripped. He was not ripped
0: at all. (laughs) He was not ripped at all. Maybe when he was younger. I mean, there's nothing that says that. You know, it's like. But I guess just that idea of you know people going, you. You know, i got to see that he's strong. Yeah. You can't just believe, you know. Like, yeah, with the sun, it creates this molecular density. Yeah, well, all right. Okay, give him abs. Fuck. Okay, it's fine. It looks but, good on camera. It sells it, things. Yeah. And paper. <laughs> so what was your experience, you know, like right after, like when it came out right after? Like, what were you Were you thinking like, well, this is – we're going to make a ton of these or I'm going to be yeah. Superman forever or what's the – totally
1: went into it thinking this is going to be – this is going to be – Amazing. And we're going to do, I mean, I have contract for three, so sure we'll do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and filming it, my first real film, amazing experience. I mean, just all of the work and the dedication, the passion behind it, uh just incredible. Uh, and this is going to be, this is going to be a huge hit. And this is going to be, I'm going to, you know, people are saying, are you worried about being Superman Forever, Superman Forever, and I was like, "Well, I mean, what a what a terrible thing to be thought of as for <laughs> one. I'm, who was I before this? Nobody." And um, and I was like, "I just, you know, I, I I can make myself somebody else. I'm an actor. I'll do other things." It wasn't the the paramount concern for me. I just thought it was going to be really successful. And I had, I I I I still think I, I I love the movie. It has its flaws, but I think it's a great movie. Um, and so the reviews were all, by and large, really good. I think we're Seventy-eight percent of Rotten Tomatoes, something mm-hmm. to this day, something you know, really pretty positive for a Superman movie. Yeah. Um and the reviews were all really largely good and, and good for me. I was like, okay, this is going to be good. The movie came out, um, and we didn't do have a blockbuster start. Right, uh, the first uh, the first weekend, and then Devil Wears Prada came out and just, like, killed us. Right. The romantic comedy aspect just, like, destroyed us, and then Pirates of the Caribbean came out, like, a week and a half later and just
0: destroyed us. And that was... Yeah, that yeah, was... And yeah, and
1: I think, you know, I, I, I think um, the, the movie... To, to my mind, the movie wasn't maybe marketed the way that I would have liked to have seen it marketed, um, but I know nothing about marketing. So um, it didn't reach... It didn't. It didn't tell the story that we wanted to tell. Also... It maybe it was inevitable to go from the love and the amazingness of Chris Reeve mm-hmm. um, to this guy nobody knows after nearly 20, 20 years, something like that. Um, it, it's an unknown property. Well, And, and, they and, also- and, and, and you have to cover, go over all of that like love for him. I was a transition, and, and I, like, I accept that now a transitionary figure for the character of Superman. Right. Um, So that was something that I didn't understand then as much, but I can see
0: now. Well, it made made sense, though. I mean, listen, the Superman movies, if you watch the original Christopher Reeve Superman movies, you know... One is a is a. I loved two. You know, I two. Yeah. It, it, it's I love one is incredible. Two is really fun, but it's definitely you know that other director came in and he's like you see all of the Lester, yeah. the kind of the goofy comedy elements. You know, it's like when they when when Zod and Ursa and Nan are attacking the city. Or they you know they 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 throw a bus and crush Superman and everyone in the town's like. Hey, they killed Superman. Let's get him. And they're just like picking up garbage off the street. <laughs> like what? Well, he just fucking threw a bus at Superman. And in your minds, you think he's dead. And you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna pick up a, a like a just a you know a, a wrench and to take down these these gods. Yeah. So that from that standpoint it's a little goofy. Superman three, you know Richard Pryor. Mm-hmm. Superman four. nuclear Mm, man yeah nuclear man i mean not not the best you know not the so look uh, that aftertaste in a lot of people's mouths but i I think not enough people really saw superman for the quest for peace to really have it you know like create too indelible mark but it was you know like this was coming out of the legendary you know after what nolan did with uh, with batman it's like okay we can reboot these characters in kind of a in kind of a gritty real human way yeah and, uh, so to me, it just made all the sense in the world, like, oh, well, this is that, that's what's happening yeah. and why not do it with Superman? They should do it with Superman. Um, but a- after that experience, when you realized, oh, we're not going to make two or three of these, did you go through a period where you were, where you f- felt lost or did you feel like, okay, you know, that's fine. I, I know that I, people know who I am now. I, I'm going to, I'll probably, I'm going to work.
1: Uh, well, you know, I, th- so that's, a, yeah, it's a big question. Um,
0: we all thought,
1: myself and my man, all my representatives included, that the movie would be. I mean, I think we thought that it would be successful, and other opportunities would come from it. Mm-hmm. Um, that the movie was successful. It, I mean, not as successful, obviously, as the studio wanted. It made almost four hundred million dollars worldwide yeah. in two thousand six, um, but it it wasn't the success that everybody wanted it or thought it Still, be. a lot of money. So things didn't. Things jobs didn't. The didn't really come my way. The jobs that I wanted didn't come my way. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple of things that I was like, oh, maybe I should have said yes to that. Like one or two things. Um, I don't know if that would have made her. That would have made a difference. Um, and I am where I am now. So I, you know, I don't try not to beat myself up too much about that. But, um, but there were. But there, by and large, it wasn't a lot. Yeah. And and the whole time, there was still. For a year and a half after that, there were still, oh, we still might be doing a sequel. Mm-hmm. Brian had gone off to do Valkyrie, and there was all this kind of shifting in the studio, Warner Brothers, and it seemed like we're still going to do it. And I was holding on to that happening because – not only because it was a job and my career, but I had I – have, I have great love for Superman, and I did a lot of um, – emotional character work to step into that role mm-hmm. to treat it with respect and humility and honor not only Chris's uh, Chris's performance but everyone who's drawn and created him up to that point mm-hmm. and, and 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 brought it brought him to life um, that I there was a lot of me wrapped up into the character um, and and what I what representing that character represented, uh, and who I was, and who I was supposed to be, and how I was supposed to live my life—probably um, too much sucked into it. Because um, I envisioned that I would carry on this role as a as a as a as a figurehead for him, as a custodian of of Superman. But sure. some of that bled into my own existence a little bit, and so then I it gave me self doubt of who am I and what am I and am I. All of that I think I am and that I'm not getting work and um or the work that I wanted and uh and also I'd skipped a big step of of auditioning of like right. getting good at auditioning and so then when I had to it was i was I was having to go back and audition and not get offered or you know sh- offered things I was going back in a room i i didn't have the skills um and also, I had a chip on my shoulder. Like I shouldn't have to do this. Right. Like what? You know, this was supposed to be. This was supposed to be my future. Right. <laughs> and um and that that affected me for uh too, too I would say too long before I, you know, with the help of Courtney um and family and friends, you know, figuring that out. But it 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 took a while. Um, and I had to go back and and pay my dues. Yeah. Um, and. And when I started to do that and take responsibility for my own actions and for my own capacity to to do the job, do the work that I needed to do, do the homework, then things started to build up again and my career started to, to come back up. But yeah. it was it was a low point of several years. I mean I did have I mean I was lucky enough to do blessed enough to do Scott Pilgrim in the middle yep. of it and 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 Zach and Mary and, and Dylan Dog and, and Chuck. But um but those weren't like those weren't great times for me. Um. And it's been since uh, since the around the birth of my son, and and a little bit before that, and I started to get my my shit together.
0: Oh, that's did, did that help? Uh,
1: that made it more real. Um, just before just before it, it was it was just before he was Leo was conceived. Uh, a couple of a couple of things happened in my life that uh, I was like, okay, I really this is like. I need to get this, this is this is as rock bottom as I've gotten in my life, mm-hmm. and it's time to you know ship up or shape out, shape up or ship out. Shape up or ship out. I'm bad with those. <laughs> I mix my metaphors constantly. And well,
0: so this is so this is this is a this is a good this is a good question. I think for people who uh, feel like that, because I think you know of, of all the people listening, a percentage of them probably feel like, well, I'm I'm as, I'm, I'm at a low point. Yeah. So you know what. And at the time, I'm sure it feels insurmountable, but again, you know, making little choices and d- d- taking di- direction, like going different directions. So what are you, what are you doing to, to fix this and what steps are you taking to turn this around and take responsibility? Well, it
1: starts with, I mean, uh, to get more detailed about it, uh, taking responsibility. So you have to really sit with yourself whether you call it meditation or or whatever it is, drive in your car, turn on music, um, and think, or just don't think, and then it'll get to some. You know, you can find even sign some emotionally evocative music mm-hmm. that puts you in an emotional space. Music has great power, and just sit and 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 let your brain roll through the feelings and thoughts you're having. You find something that really triggers you, sit and think about it a little bit if you have trouble accessing emotional space or uh, your your emotions. But I I just – I saw how my decisions and my lack of taking responsibility was affecting other people. Mm -hmm. In effect, other people were protecting me from other people Um, or people were like walking around on eggshells around me. I didn't have knowledge of that. I couldn't see that. But when I had knowledge of that and I accepted that they were doing that not because they were weak – or that, why couldn't they just come talk to me? I had to go, like, why do I feel like, why did they feel like they couldn't come talk to me? Because sure. I would get upset with them, mm-hmm. I would throw it back at them, or I would just not listen to them. So you have to ask questions of yourself and f- see where you can take responsibility. Ah, and that's accept, all the, that's and all the ego that, stuff. Accept that you've done something wrong. Yeah. It's okay. And it's okay if you've done something <laughs> wrong. If we all screw up. That's part of living and that's a part of growing and becoming something more than you are. If you don't like where you are, figure out what you're doing, where you can take responsibility for things that aren't the way you want them in your life. Sure. What do you not like about what's happening in your life or how you're getting treated or what you're receiving and see if there is something that you can take responsibility for in that interaction with that person. Right. Or in that relationship. Um, and you might find you might find some keys to turning that around. And it's one thing at a time. I mean, you can't... I didn't go from here to... from. 20, 2009 era about when it was to, to now just instantly. I mean, it's been a growth process in those eight years to be where I am able to talk about it this way. And um, But the first thing I think with A is, is taking is really just taking and, responsibility. And I always say
0: it's like asking, asking good questions too and then yeah. not being afraid of what the answers are. Because sometimes the an- we don't ask ourselves these questions because the answers uh, stab us in the ego yeah. and that's, you know, it, because I I honestly think there are certainly circumstances that, uh, that people cannot prevent, the circumstances, bad, tragic things that befall people. But I think if most people really were honest about their lives, a higher percentage than they would be willing to admit were the result of choices that they were making. Not all, yeah. but a percentage of. And so why not try to do what you can to chip away at those so that you can at least narrow the gap? you know, in your favor as much as possible.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, taking responsibility is about taking mm-hmm. control. Mm-hmm. So once you're able to see what you have contributed to a decision, to a relationship, then you're able to start to take control and to change it. But as long as you keep deflecting your responsibility, you keep losing control. So in order to get control of your life, you have to take responsibility. Um, and I think that's, I mean, I, you know, that's the key: is is being in control. It's easy to give up control. Somebody else is oppressing me. Somebody else is doing this. I'm not. You know, whatever it is, is always somebody else's fault. Yeah. Until you realize how you play a part in this, it's your life. You got to take control of it. One example I was thinking is: if you get in a car wreck, if you were if you could conceive that you were responsible for it, because you ran a red, are li- you were trying to get through that red light, mm-hmm. the yellow light before it turned red? Why were you rushing? You know, it's not just oh the red light, or oh, I didn't make it, or I could have gone faster, or if I just would have stopped. But don't go go further. If you just would have stopped, why were you rushing? Mm-hmm. You're rushing because you were late. Why were you late? Were you late because you didn't get ready in time, <laughs> or are you ready because you didn't want to go where you were going? Why didn't you want to go where you were going? Because you didn't want to talk to the person you were going to talk to? Because you have it was, a, it was going to be an emotional conversation? Sure. And what are you hiding from? And just keep back, and back peeling and back, back, and back the layers, back and back and back. Don't yeah. don't don't stop at the superficial. Or if that if the, you were of no fault in that accident, you are then in control and have a responsibility to take control of how you react after that. You can mm-hmm. be upset at the person who who put you in the hospital that your car's wrecked and be oh i guess i have no control over it just he hit me and this and that or you can take control of your healing process and how you respond to that person who hit you and this all the steps down the road uh in your healing and and where that may take you yeah um somebody in the hospital might be become your friend a nurse you know uh something positive can happen from that from that Tragic event Yeah If you stay in If you stay in the game Yeah And you And you And you don't let Your uh, You know Your subconscious Continue to Well you take, can
0: we, we do have very little Control over most things But you certainly Can control Or you Can learn to control okay. How you react to things And what events Mean to you that, That's the human That's
1: That's where the Prefrontal cortex Comes into play And separates us from Apes And other mammals. Yeah. Is we have a developed our brain is developed in that way. We have that capacity. We have to train for it. Right. It is in us and it is who who we are meant to become, I believe. The evolution of humanity is the evolution now we've done a lot of things. It's the evolution of the brain and the mind and, and going that last step um which is our, our right as these creatures that, that we are here. Um and, and we're not taught that. You know, at birth, unless your parents are, you know, yogis or you know, or, or Buddhists. <laughs> no, or, you're not at all. We're sorry. Or, or 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 you know, um, I mean, religion is is there. Spirituality is there, but it's there and it's not. It's like finding there's a huge shift in the in 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 belief systems. But um, I'm I'm getting into the woods now. Um, no, but I weeks. but I but I think it I think
0: it's one. I think it really is. Uh, you know, I think most people really are conditioned to think that life happens at them. They can't. They can't control. You know, like well, yeah, I got mad because you know, like, well, I know, but you didn't have you didn't have to. Yeah. I mean, that's a sucky thing, but you didn't have to like punch through that window. You know, like you didn't have to. You didn't really have to do that. Or maybe someone runs a light. They're not late for anything, and they're just mad because. They have control issues, yeah. you know, and they. Why can't this be, you know? And they add it to this list of, you know, if you if you say to yourself, "Why does everything bad happen to me?" Then your brain's going to go, "Well, here's a list of reasons that support that answer, yes. that, that question." Yes. And then your brain really is a supercomputer that will answer any question that you pose to it because that's what it does it's a problem solving machine it problem solves it's how we survive so there's the brain and there's the mind
1: right i've done i've done so i'm do the food thing and i'm deep diving into, <laughs> into the mind please this is a whole nother thing um there's a there's a he's a neurobiologist he's a phd psychiatrist sorry Dr. Dan Siegel, I can't remember all your credits, but there's a book I started reading, or a book on tape called The Whole Brain Child, mm-hmm. which I highly recommend for any parents of kids of any age. Um, and, and then there's another called Parenting from the Inside Out and Discipline. And she's got another book about discipline for children. And essentially in Whole Brain Child, he, is, he and a co-author, uh, a woman co-author, Mary. I can't remember. these a couple different co-authors of his books. Um, they talk about the brain. The left hemisphere, the right hemisphere, the right side of the brain, left side of the brain, and how the brain works and how the brain of your child works. And you're reading all – you're listening or reading all this and you're going, oh, well, this makes so much sense about my kid. But wait, this makes so much sense about me. (laughs) And I know that he's written – I mean they wrote the book for kids, but there's so much – everything they're saying about the child, you can learn about yourself. Yes. And what is the brain and what is the mind and what controls what? And is the brain just a, a muscle and an engine? And is the mind the whole body? because the science of the body is that there are, I think they're called dendrites. There are sensors around our our heart and our organ and our um, and our stomach that communicate with the brain. And all along our spinal, uh, our, our nervous system goes all the way down, you know, throughout our body. And so that's, we are mind and body. Our body is our mind. And we're, I'm going to, I, I got to, I can't, i not go too far. I'm not good at explaining this, but it's it's a new thing for me and understanding what the mind is and that, our mind can is more in control than our brain if we let it. That's the further capacity of human.
0: Humanity. So even hearing you talk about this and a lot of stuff that we talked here, and then I'm gonna I'm bring I'm gonna bring this back around to mm. uh, to Ray Palmer, mm. <laughs> which is sometimes when you see uh, sometimes you know listen in in the genre of content that I enjoy, sometimes on shows you see. Attractive people, and you're a very attractive man, Brandon. But it, 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 you, it, you see them say science things, and you go, I don't know if I believe that. But when you say science things, like when you say science things on the show, it's like, oh, yeah, I believe that guy. I believe that guy. <laughs> right. And then when I talk to you in person, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, because he really is – is, is there another alternate universe where science was your path? I mean
1: I never saw that in high school. Um, I tried to get away from math and and science largely liked biology yep. um but the math component like my brain wasn 't ready for that I was much more creative uh wanting to write and do art and music and stuff um i, I was okay with math, but it just wasn 't it wasn 't my strong suit, something sure. that i enjoyed um but but now, yeah i mean i 've thought when i got into the food science and the way it controls the body and the exploration and and because it, it, I see the growth potential, and that is exciting to me. How can I become better? How can I upgrade myself? How can I become more of who I am? Yeah. And not only for my own happiness and, and joy, but to influence and affect others in a positive way. Yeah. How can I share this knowledge? Um, so, you know, I am not a scientist, and I'll never be a scientist, but I can... I can speak out.
0: You can the cool science, science. and
1: appreciate. It. And I play one on TV, so I guess kind of, you know, that's cool. And the thing that really helped me bring bring Ray Palmer to that adaptation was this shift in food. I had more energy. I had. I wasn't. I mean, if you would have met if you would have met me in 2010 uh, 10, before I started doing bulletproof coffee and doing the whole thing, I I was a nice guy, but I wasn't able to speak this clearly. Um, and, 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 and I don't know with authority, but, but just with the energy that I have. Um, and that it was just about the time when I was doing really in the full swing of this food eating change that I, the Ray Palmer thing came about Yeah, and I, and I had meetings about it, but then I had to go and do a chemistry read with, with Emily, uh, who plays Felicity and, and, uh, and, and, and. Prove myself, which is a good learning. Talking about taking responsibility <laughs> and going back and doing my work, that was it. Yeah, I had I earned this job, and um, which was important, and um, and it was because of this energy that I have and passion for for giving information and sharing knowledge that fueled Ray Palmer. And that was his excitement about life and his, all about his inventions and what we can do to change the world that is Ray Palmer. That's the energy of Ray Palmer.
0: Well, and and yeah. that's what, who, kind of who
1: I've become.
0: Well, what's interesting about that is that you are now in a position... Because I know... I, the CW shows have done a really amazing job of weaving the universe together. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a way, I think they still... Are trying to figure out with the film franchises, yeah. But they've done an amazing job. Uh, but I also know that that means that your schedules are brutal. Like I, you know, talking to Daniel Panabaker, she's like, "Oh yeah, I think we're doing. I'm doing 22 flashes, <laughs> and then I'm making an appearance on Arrow, and then an you know, because part of that is like weaving all these shows together. Yeah. But uh, I think it puts you in this very unique position where. You can now, and because you can speak, you can speak about it in a in in an authoritative way. You you could be going and talking to schools and saying, "Hey, science is cool." And yes, I play a scientist on television, but I also am interested in science, and you also can be interested in science, and that is a positive thing to do. I, I honestly think you could be a great science advocate for kids and huh. maybe maybe as your son gets older and you find you know like it's show and tell to bring your dad to work to hey I'm you know i play this guy that you probably see on tv you know that's it i feel like this puts you in a very unique opportunity that maybe you wouldn't have been in if you know on the superman track you know what i mean yeah so i think it's really cool and i think it puts you in a really nice place if that is of interest to you, I think people would listen to you
1: yeah no thank you thank you I appreciate that and I, I have i have I have had thoughts of speaking about nutrition and and now as this mind things come in it would just be an added aspect to it but um certainly it could come it could be wrapped in a science yeah in a in a in a especially especially in this time where it's seemingly becoming more important um, with knowledge seemingly being um, being taken away from us and science being not valued and um, in certain aspects of our of our country, um, to to be a, pr- a promoter of science, I think is a is a is a really cool thing. And I definitely listen. like talking about it. So it's just <laughs> making a cohesive talking point, and 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 then having that happen and engaging with people. I mean, it's something that I that I that I uh, that will happen.
0: Well, because you re- because point. you have the ability to reach a lot of people. I'm sure yeah. there are tons of scientists who would come to you and go, "Hey, I'd love to work with you on building like a a, a little mini curriculum or a program that mm. you could sort of." You know, with the almost no free time that you have, you know, but go around and or maybe make you maybe you make videos and you. I don't know. I just feel like, it. Feels like there's something there, and I feel like you have the ability and capacity to reach kids and speak, you know, um, very comfortably and intelligently about science and why science is fun and important. And I, pre- I think people would listen to. I you. appreciate it.
1: that's a cool. That coming up with a curriculum is good is a good idea. I think that. um uh, for me, I have a lot of ideas and have a lot to share, and I need a, uh, i am open to a partner who can, who can, <laughs> um, a business partner who can, uh, who can m- put that into a, a listed thing, manifest a, that. A, a, yeah, and and so I am. I mean, this whole thing is like, thank you. you I, I really appreciate that support, and and it is something that is, that I'm moving toward. Mm-hmm. I'm allowing and waiting for it to that person to come forward. Uh, that relationship to be created where well now that you what's going to work organically what's going to work organically or when I have time to search the person out which is maybe now that I'm not working <laughs> as much uh, and have hiatus that I can that I can uh, devote more now time that you to put
0: that. that out in the world I feel like it will yeah. come to you i have to ask what your ring is because it looks like a yeah uh it
1: is it's bluestone actually mm-hmm. it's um bluestone from Stonehenge oh um,
0: wow so this is your wedding ring that
1: I'm talking yeah, about yeah so we got uh we got engaged at the tour. Mm-hmm. Which is a, a, a um, kind of a geogra- uh, special place in Glastonbury, England. We were on the Superman press tour mm-hmm. and doing a. Um a little road trip with uh, Gil Adler and Jeannie Adler, who the, G- Gil was the producer of Superman and is a lovely couple. And Jeannie's from England. And so we, we were kind of doing a tour and I told them that I wanted to, you know, propose to Courtney in, in a magical place. And Jeannie, who's like a fairy godmother type woman, um, was like, oh, you got to go to the tour and it's uh, ley lines and it's very magical and all this stuff. So I was like, okay. So we did that. And it was awesome. She said yes, and then, <laughs> and then I was saying, I was like, I, I kind of feel like I want a ring. Like, why does this the 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 fiancé, the woman always get the ring? Like, I should have a ring. Why yeah. shouldn't I have a ring? Um, and so then we were in Stonehenge on the way back from our trip, and she got me one of the rings, and it's like you know fifteen dollars, yeah, but it's actual blue stone, which is what Stonehenge stones are yep. uh, mostly made of or all made of, composed of, and um, but it broke because it's it's a very um, not a very strong stone, so we got. She ordered another one and had a ring maker in England send it to them, and they encased it in. Uh, it's not platinum; I've kind of titanium, titanium, it's titanium.
0: Yeah. Um And then there's a a glue kind of holding it in. So. nice, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I like I like to because I have an unconventional one too, which didn't occur to me that you could do until. We were looking for rings, and I saw like a meteorite ring. I'm like, you could do that! Like, I just, you know, I thought they had to be like a dumb gold band. I'm like, guys, ah, no, dead that's dead. totally cool. And so, uh, yeah, so I think so when I see someone else have that, I go, oh wow, you you figured out too. You don't, <laughs> you can have like a cool ring that means something Thinking to you outside the box. Um, I, I want to thank you for your time, yeah. for being here. We, I, I think you know, I haven't really. I don't know if I've seen you do a lot of interviews, so I don't know if people really... Like a long-form interviews. So, you know, I don't know if people really had a strong sense of who you are and how your brain works, but I think they're going to be delighted <laughs> uh, after, this,
1: after this podcast. Well, well thanks. I'm sure um, people tuning in at the beginning were like, oh, we're going to talk about Legends of Tomorrow and Superman, Scott Pilgrim, and Chuck, and all that stuff. Sorry if that's what you're
0: looking for. I'm sorry to disappoint you. But if you listened all this way, congratulations. You know, my feeling, though, is that um, if you... Because uh, I just kind of like to see where the conversation goes. Mm-hmm. And anything that you could say about Scott Pilgrim, you probably said during the Scott Pilgrim press tour... Sure. Uh, or you know any of the any of the Comic Con panels, so I feel like that's definitely out there. If yeah. you want to hear Brandon talking about Scott Pilgrim or more Legends of Tomorrow stuff, that is definitely out there in the world. There's no shortage of that. But I like these conversations because I just kind of see like, oh, this is this is how you are as a human, like as a dude, as a guy, as a person, a citizen of this planet. Uh, and so I don't know. I, I was great, and I I want to kind of look into. I want to look into the. I don't I don't know if I can handle it, but I could try it one time, and if it feels like My heart is going to rip through my chest, then I just won't do it anymore.
1: Yeah, we'll find a place. Um, I can. If I was at my house, I'd make it for you. Oh, that's Um, so nice. There's, there's places. There are a couple places in LA that actually make it.
0: I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a shot and see how I do. Yeah. Uh, and then maybe I should record the experience. I'll do a Facebook Live. Yeah. Uh, I think I need to go to the hospital. You guys, I need to go to Cedars. Somebody take me to the... Oh, and I'm okay. I'm okay. Okay, I'm okay. I'm, okay, I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah, it'll it'd probably be a lot of that. <laughs> please tell Courtney I said hello. I will. And please come over and hang out at our house, uh, which now has a fully functioning arcade, if you're an wow. arcade person. I, oh, yes, I am. Uh, f- uh, for Azeroth or for the Horde, which side? Azeroth. You're Azeroth. Nice. Yeah, I was a proud paladin and priest and druid.
1: All of the healers and all the supporters. Nice. Um, and then... Uh, I, and I played a shaman on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> I played a
0: a tar and shaman, and this says a lot about this says a lot though. A druid. No. You know, like picking picking. You know who 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 are you in a campaign? Who are you in a party? Says a lot about your personality. Yeah, you know, you're a healer. You like to bring things together. You like to be a, you know a, a functional uh, utility to other other people, and that says, that says a lot.
1: Yeah. The only game I'm playing right now is Dota 2. Yep um and i've just been because i'm scared to play um somebody who's gonna engage I, I i play mostly support characters in that yeah anyway is it just is it just a time thing uh well dota it's just a they're they're is like um mini games mini, mini game yeah the mini game um, but i just don't want to i don't want people yelling at me
0: <laughs> they will because it's
1: easier to support than to try to be the one like carrying the game yeah the gaming community is very passionate they actually don't yell that much in the, in this game well, that's good. Or I, maybe I just don't care anymore. I don't,
0: <laughs> listen, I don't look at the scrolling text so much. I <laughs> that's, just probably, that's probably part of it, too. Oh, uh, Legend of Tomorrow. We should. They, they gave yeah. me there's, there's a date. There's a specific date. So Legend of Tomorrow is Tuesday nights on the CW at 9 p.m. Um, right. And available always on uh, like on iTunes or wherever you... Yeah, and I think the CW meeting.
1: does a new thing. Where it's eight days after the season finale of a show. It's on Netflix. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So a lot of options. Yeah. A lot of options. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. It was good to see you. Likewise. Thank you. I love the conversation.
0: Yeah, uh, come back. Come back. Please. Come back, hang out, bring back more stories, bring back some more information on this, and then we'll uh, see if we can uh, get some fucking science going on. Uh, Enjoy your burrito, everyone. That is the end. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast is brought to you by Wilson, starring Woody Harrelson, a new comedy based on the graphic novel by Daniel Clowes of Ghost World fame, and from the director of the Skeleton Twins. Make sure to check out Wilson only in theaters starting Friday, March 24th.